You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's here, it's here, it's here. We've waited, it's official. January 13th, hockey is back. Let's talk about it. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. After much negotiation or whatever you want to call it, it is finally here. Hockey is back starting January 13th. Training camp opens on January 3rd. It is episode 58 of Orange and Back Check, and the guy sitting next to me to celebrate it, as always, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? We got your dates wrong. It's not January 3rd. If, if the teams that didn't make it in the in the, in the the round robin sure. last year can go in January, I'm sorry, December 31st. We so are a Flyers podcast, though. I, I, okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're right. It's a third. It's a third. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, I, you can tell I'm excited because I'm... I, I'm pushing when the beginning of preseason right. happens right when they're really not going to have any preseason game it's just it's just training camp and then yeah, guess what no we're getting right into the season pre-season. yeah that's what that is that? going to be because it's already a shortened season we're at 56 games the divisions which will will break down what the east is going to look like where the flyers are sitting for this uh upcoming season in in just a moment but like it's 56 games each team, depending on if you're, unless you're a Canadian team, which is now the North Division uh, for this season, unless you're in that division, you're playing every team in your conference in your division this year eight times, including the Flyers, who are with the Penguins, the Boston Capitals, Rangers, Islanders. Like it is a stacked division, and it's just it, it to the point about no preseason. It's going to be a lot of sloppy hockey for at least those 10 to 15 games and the shorter the bet the good teams are going to shoot out of the gate after those 10 for those 46 remaining games and and develop into what we expect from them um but if you're out of if you're not out of the gate and figure out what your sloppiness is by game 15 even 20 20 you can still make a move but even then you're climbing uphill to a a level that might be impossible i don't know i, I it it reminds me a lot of the 2012-2013 season mm-hmm. when we after we had the lockout, I look at it this way. If you're not coming out of the gate hot at all, you're already behind the eight ball, and you're not going to catch up in a 56-game slot. I mean, you, you're, they had, what, 48 games back then? You have eight yes. more games yep. to do it. But, I mean, if I think back correctly, the Flyers missed the playoffs by like six or eight points at that time. Yep. Even so, even with eight games, you're talking about a big lap. So if you get out of the gate, you start like 0-3, 0-4, you're in trouble already, and you're in huge trouble because there's there's teams that are going to come out of the gate here, and they're going to be wanting to prove something. And, and I think the bigger dynamic that people don't see out of this is that 
It's all interdivision. So they're all rivalry games and they're yeah. all tough matchups. So you're you're going to be built to play the teams in your division now more than ever and playing a lot of rough and tumble hockey and you're going to see playoff hockey style early. So it, you're going to I tell you what, this is going to be the most interesting hockey season we will see in our lifetimes. And, and there's nothing that's even close to it. A lot of times you can come out and say, "Okay, this team has a chance this year, that team has a chance this year." The way they have the divisions lined up, man. I mean, the Stanley Cup's up for grabs. Tampa's, I wouldn't look at him. Tampa's just saying, oh, they're going to go roll it again. But no way. Yeah. I, I just don't yeah. see how. Well, here's the East Division. If you haven't, if you, if you just haven't seen the reports, the East Division this year is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Like that alone is absurd. How? I don't know. I'll tell you what. And I'm going to go out and make this prediction right now. Uh, if any, whoever comes out of the East and the top four teams will make the playoffs, whoever mm-hmm. comes out of the East will not win the Stanley Cup. I mean, how Buffalo's massively improved. The Devils are actually an improved team. Boston, the Islanders, the Flyers, and I don't know, maybe the Rangers, uh, probably Buffalo. Those are the two, yeah. those are the four teams I see getting out of this. And I mean, you're talking these teams. I think the the farthest point streak you'll see from the top of the bottom will be very similar to last year, where you're like about six points apart from top to bottom. I, I think it's going to be that tight. It's going to be that tight, and the fact that there's no wild card this year, it's only the top four in each division, which I like a lot. Because when when you hear wild card, you think like, oh, it's just a, a, a random team. It, it is literally a random team out of the, the remainder of those conferences. But when you're not playing between inner divisions, there's no real point to the wild card, right? Because the wild card is supposed to balance itself out in terms of because you probably had played those teams at least twice, uh, three or four times in your division and in, in, inside your own conference. Like the wild card is there because of the, it, the the overlapping conferences. When you have this situation like you have with COVID where you're sticking with this division, this is it. It it makes a lot of sense to only take the top four in each division from the North, Central, West, or whatever it is. I think, I think it's the West. North, Central, West, and East. It only makes sense. And that's where it's going to be a huge uphill climb for a team like the Flyers who got hot at the end of the regular season last year, got hot in the in the play-in round against the other top three teams, the top four teams, whatever it was. I don't even remember what the format was at this point. It's such a distant memory and we're only in December, <laughs> right? So it, it's kind of like, are the Flyers going to be on a team the outside looking in? We'll get more into that on the on the preview, but your 30,000-foot view right now, where, where do you have them? I, I have them on the outside. No, I have them at three or four. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see. I see. Well, Boston. Boston's the the wild card for me in a sense because Boston. I wonder they took a step back last year, and I wonder how how close Boston is to looking at rebuild mode. Um, I I they're getting a bit older. The Patrice Bergeron's in his late then and now in his late thirties. Brad Marchand's over thirty. Uh, you know uh, they they lost uh they lost Tory Krug. Um, so they didn't really upgrade too much there. I look at it this way and say Boston still, because it's Boston and they have a strong defensive system and they got guys, guys yeah. who can score and they just find ways to win games. And when you have two Rask and goal, you're going to win a lot of games anyway. Boston still seems to be the team to beat in the East, but we can walk down every single one of them here. I'd look at Buffalo. Buffalo's massively improved this year. Buffalo is going to be really pushing for a playoff spot. I really think this year are just, 
They have a good coach. Jack Eichel's ready to win. They made some moves in the offseason to get in good spots, so now they can really gear up to make a run here. Uh, the Devils the Devils started playing good hockey at the end of last season. Mackenzie Blackwood looks like he's a pretty solid goaltender, so uh, if they get Jack Hughes going and uh, Nikita Gusev, if he starts picking up scoring, um, they're, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, don't forget, uh, Buffalo also got Taylor Hall. That's an upgrade for them. Uh, the Islanders? Islanders, I mean, look, they were a solid hockey team. It's a Barry Trotz coach team. They're going to be in the playoffs. The Rangers had it in late, but yet again, their goalie, Shosturkin, got hurt. If they have a tandem, tandem between Shosturkin and Gorgiev, they also have Artemi Panarin, have Capococco, and now they have Alexis uh, Alex Lafreniere, their first overall draft pick. Uh, they're going to be a threat. The Penguins? Yep. They could be on the outside looking in how bad they fell off. Defensively, they're weak, and then they traded away Matt Murray in the offseason, so they're running with Tristan Jari in between the pipes now. And then the Capitals, they got probably the worst news of all this week where they lost Henrik Lundqvist, and they're already an older team to begin with. So now they have a problem where they're not going to they're gonna have to rely on a younger goaltender, Ilya Samsonov, who's going to be a pretty good prospect, but not exactly a guy you could just want to throw – you know, uh, Peter Laviolette, that's not a coach who's going to want to throw all the weight onto a young guy like that. It's just not his style. He likes to have a little bit of veterans, uh, veteranship there. Um, I think that it, the tossing up, if I'm looking at this from 30,000 foot view right at the moment, I say, again, Boston, Buffalo, the Flyers, and the Islanders are the ones in the playoffs there. Everybody else is looking in, but again, you're talking six points out of the last place team is going to be here out of, out of first place. That's how tight it's going to yes. be. This is going to be similar. This is going to be similar to 2009-2010 season where the Flyers got in the last game of the season, jumped up to the seventh seed. Like it's going to be that kind of season um, for every team. I mean, AVL Elaine Vigneault said it perfectly in this article on NHL.com. Quote: That becomes sometimes a lot like playoff hockey. Yeah, you're going to be playing back-to-back games against the same team, whether it's in your own building or on the road. It's going to be a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you're trying to win games so that you. So that you can get in the playoffs and have an opportunity to compete for the Stanley Cup. End quote by and he's right. Like when you're in this situation where it is literally a rivalry game, night in and night out. It's not just yep. Pittsburgh and Flyers. It's Boston the next night. It's Washington Capitals the night after yeah. that. Then the Rangers. Then the Islanders. Like it is. It's one of those games where we always talk about. We talked about it a little bit in the pre, in, excuse me, or in last season, where the Flyers got off to a, a a the first ten minutes were a little slack for that for lack lack of, lack they lacked their composure in the in the in in the first ten minutes. I'm I'm lacking how to speak right now, but like that, <laughs> like. If they lack what they if they lack in those first ten minutes again for this upcoming season in this in this scenario where it's fifty six games and night in and night out is a rivalry game they're going to be on the outside looking in and a team like Pittsburgh who's on the possibly on the outskirts a team like the Devils who were a massive disappointment up until this uh, for last season overall they got hot as you said uh, late late in the season but it wasn't enough. Like these teams are nipping at the Flyers' heels because the Flyers' problem is filling in the gaps of the bottom six. Well, not just the bottom six as well, but they got to find a number two defenseman who's going to take that role. And we'll talk about that more in our preview uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But I think more importantly, 
You know, back right when the lockout and the original one back in 05, 06, when they mm-hmm. came back, they Second had the original. divisions. Yeah, what well, you know, they, I'd say, like I say the original <laughs> one because yeah, nobody remembers 94, 95. The big one was no. 04, 04, yep. 05. That was the detrimental one. Uh, yep. I, I look at it this way. Back then, they were playing teams in their divisions seven, eight times a season back then. So it's going to bring a lot more back into that of how much these games really count. But the thing is that makes it important is that you're right, is that every point here is huge huge it's huge i mean you're you know, gonna you're gonna be battle tested but i look at the other other divisions and i don't see the competition there i think what makes them bigger is what's really cool to me is you look at that north division and every team in canada is going to play each other nine or ten times that yeah. is awesome because now you're going to have four out of let's see that, that out of the six canadian teams um I'm sorry. Yeah, it's seven. Uh, six, uh, seven Canadian. Excuse me, seven. Yes, the seven Canadian teams make the playoffs. So you're going to have a team here. Like Ottawa's probably not going to make it, but you're still going to have <laughs> two other teams besides that not make the playoffs. So that's going to be hell of a Canada. Whatever that happens, that's going to be a fun division to watch. But I'll tell and you, the, the fact that they're finally. And the fact that Canadian teams are going to finally have a team in the conference finals of whoever, whichever side they right. end up on. They're right. going to have a team in the conference finals for the first time in whatever amount of years it's been. Yeah. And I look around the league and I don't see any other real competitive divisions. I'll say this. What really surprised me is that if you look at the other divisions, the West is the Shar, the Sharks, the Ducks, the Coyotes, Avalanche, Kings, Wild, Blues and Golden Knights. And then the Central, the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Stars, which is surprising, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've seen in the longest time that the Blues and the Blackhawks aren't in the same division. And yeah. that's really surprising because there's a big rivalry between those two. So they they the, you know they won't have that. So um I was actually really surprised and to see unique- that. And it's a unique rivalry in the sense that it's original six versus a, a, a expansion league, like for, yeah. from '67 with but bl- it's like, the Blues and the the Hawks. Right, but it's like that regional team, kind of like the Flyers and the Penguins. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, but they it's also kind were, of like that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's also the 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 geographical type deal with yeah. the Pittsburgh and the Flyers. In why that they are such big rivalries, the the Hawks and the and the and and the Blues kind of just like it was just a natural fit for them to become rivals for some reason. Yep. And it just worked. It was a yep. it was one of those like this shouldn't be a rivalry, but it works. So we'll okay, we're gonna hype it up to be one. And it and mm-hmm. it, it's a shame that they're not gonna be playing each other unless it's in the Stanley, or excuse me, the conference finals. Depending on how they shape it out, because we don't really have a clear sense of how post the semifinals of the each conference finals of how it's going to work in the NHL this year. Cause it's probably yeah. going to go to Hub city. Oh uh, yeah. It'll probably have to, I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, but it might be in Canada where they might allow fans in by that point, mm-hmm. uh, 56 games. They'll probably wrap that up. They're going to try to wrap that up by June. Cause again, they're going to have to, they're, they're going to have to with the expansion draft coming and hopefully next year teams will be able to start to get in some revenue. in. I mean, one of the things they're talking about to supplement that is to put advertisements on the helmet and the, and the gear, which 
I'm not a yeah, huge I, fan. I, of. I knew I had dates. I had dates. They, the plan is to have this thing end on May 8th. So similar to where it would be in a regular 82 game schedule. Yep. And then the playoffs start on April or excuse me, May 11th. So, yeah, so they're, they're trying to fit this thing in maybe a month behind. But other than that, it's it's all systems go to get the expansion drafted because they're looking ahead too to 2021, yeah. 2022. So they're trying to wrap it up by 4th of July. It looks like everything. So yep. that's that's yep. that's the important thing. And you're going to have games every day. Again, with the, with the bubble before, you know, like every day, every other day, you probably won't see a whole lot of probably more back-to-back stuff like that. They'll tighten it up like they did before. Um, but that's the whole reason why they were able to take it out this far is because they're not doing the Olympics. So it's one of those things where they had opportunity there. You know, who, it might not even matter at this point, depending on what happens with the TV deal, but that'll be a story for another day. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, so the plan is, I had the dates in front of me, but the, the the plan is, like I said, so training camp starts for the non-playoff teams from last year on December 31st. Oh, everyone else, January 3rd. Uh, AV has already said a lot of the players are already here in the Philadelphia region. Obviously, they still have the training facility out in Voorhees. Yep. Um, everyone else that's not here already is expected by post-Christmas. So I'm guessing anybody that's trying to figure out their travel arrangements in Canada, stuff like that. And then yeah, 10 days there. later, it's between January 3rd and January 13th is a 10 game or a 10 day training camp. And then it's go like, that's wild to me. It's going to be, yeah, like I said, it's going to be sloppy hockey. It's going to be really rough to go and watch this thing uh, early on. But as soon as these players get their footing, it's going to be, some of the funnest hockey we've seen in a while because it's going to be just naturally, I think, a lot of scoring. The goalies are going to struggle, and it's going to be a lot of interchanging. It's going to be a lot. I think I, I feel like out of a 56 games, you probably expect from Carter Hart, for example, 35, maybe 30. Mm. I think it's going to be more down in the high 20s, uh, and it's going to be a Ooh. lot of interchanging between him and Brian Elliott because of how how this schedule is working out, and then you're going to rely heavily on Carter Hart in the playoffs. If you you're going to you're going to have a lot of back-to-backs. That's the thing. You're going to yep. have a lot of – they won't play three days in a row, but they will have a lot of back-to-backs. So you'll probably have a lot of four games and five-night scenarios for a lot of these teams, yep. uh, which is probably not the worst thing in the world because that'll get you going because you're doing it every day. You're going to have limited practice time, limited contact. Um, trade deadline is April 12th. So plenty of time with that as well. So there'll be a lot of time where if they need to make an adjustment, then I'm just curious not to, not to hop off subject too much. I'm curious about how trades are going to work out before it's COVID protocols. That would be a big thing for me. Yeah, as, that's a good point. Cause the Canadian players are stuck up in Canada. Correct. So have you make a trade with the Canadian team, say the flyers make a deal with like Montreal and how are they getting yeah. that player there? What's the what's the quarantine time? What's all that? That's going to be an interesting thing to watch on April 12th. And then the expansion drafts on July 21st. This whole thing's going to be wrapped up by 4th of July. But going back to your point about, uh, you know, that that's going to be interesting to watch, not just with the Flyers, but around the league this year is with the goaltending. Yep. Because goaltending is there. You really – this the past season has really shown the value of a tandem and that you don't have a legit real starters in the league anymore that you need to have a tandem. That's why you're seeing these guys go out and teams go out and get goaltenders who are could be starters on other teams, but they, they can play 25, mm-hmm. 30 games that they need to in case something happens along those lines. Now, if you ask me, and we'll talk about this more when we do our preview – um, I'm just going to re- rebuttal you. I, I think Carter Hart so, does close to 35, probably close to 40 games this year. He's going to need it. He's yeah, going to need it. 
I'm not going to say that I don't want that to happen. I want that to happen. But if there's, two, if there's as we think, as many back-to-backs as we're anticipating, I think AV is just going to try and save, have the mindset of, it's kind of like the 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 workload that the NBA started using with players like Car- yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Like, I think it's going to be not to that drastic extent, but I think a number between 30 and 35 would be more suitable for Carter Hart in that scenario compared to what you're suggesting in 30 to 40, 35 to 40 games. Cause I'd like to see him fresh for the playoffs. And if he's night in and night out on back to back, back to back and then rest and then back to back and then back to back and then rest. Like I think by the playoffs for a, a young guy like Carter Hart, it, it could drain him, and it, it, it'd be a little concerning for, for what would happen in the, by the playoff time. Well, let's not look at it that way. I mean, if you go back to 2012, 2013, if you want to take a look at the goaltending statistics, Henrik Lundqvist played 43 out of 48 games. Anti Niemi mm-hmm. for San Jose played 43 out of 48 games. So did yeah, Andre Pavlov. Not there yet. Carter Hart's not to that to their prime yet. That's Henrik Lundqvist's so was, prime. So was right Andre Pavlov at his prime at that time? No. Okay, that's that's so fair. he played 41 to 43 games and he won 21 of them. So that's what I'm saying yeah. is that you 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 know Carey Price was in his mid twenties. He played he played 38 games. There was a young guy, Sergey Bobrovsky for Columbus that year, and played 37 games. So that's what I'm saying is that yeah, the the more rubber that he gets to see, the higher mm-hmm. the, the, the better he's going to play. Like for instance, Bobrovsky sure. was 24 yeah. at the time, went yep. 21, 11, and six with a 9.32 save percentage. And they look at the tops of the league. The top three who played the 43 games. Andre Pavlik had a 9.05. Lundqvist had a 9.26 and Nemi had a 924 save percentage. The point I'm trying to make is that Tuka Rask, he was also 25. He had a 9.29 save percentage. So the more games these guys see over 30, if you go below the games at like below 20 and stuff like that, you're seeing mid nines, high eights. So the backups, the more you play, the better a goaltender is going to get. Now, if you look at Carter Hart last year, and Carter Hart got off to a slow start. So he's going to need a lot of games. And and frankly, and I'll be honest with you, you don't want to rely on Brian Elliott for too many games because don't get me wrong, True. while yeah. he's a quality backup, I think Elliott at some point is going to want to take a step back in his career. And I think as good of a year he had last year uh, and only playing one game, Brian Elliott essentially has not played a game in close uh, a lot of games in close to 12 months. So he's going yeah, to have a lot of rust on him. Yeah, and ju- not even just the rust, but like when he does stack up the minutes inside the crease and sees a lot of rubber, he usually has a soft tissue injury, knee, yeah. a strained knee, uh, it was pulled hammy, something along that sort. Bingo. Just a lower body injury that we're yeah. always told in the NHL. Like that's a great point by you. I, I totally I, I buy into that. Like if Brian Elliott sees more. Like that leans more towards your point. I, I I don't concede. I think it makes more sense for Carter Hart to be low, you but it's still a risk. It. You get on your knees and it, tell me I'm a, the king. It's a risk that <laughs> AV is going to have to try and figure out. Like he's going to have to try and yeah. find a balance because again, at the time of this, we're recording this. We don't have the schedule. We're probably not going to find the schedule until post Christmas. Uh, is my guess. Like yeah, once they have opt out and everything, we we won't know until yeah. January third when they open up. That's the other thing too. We got to figure out who of these teams. That are play that are or excuse me. Who are these these players that are contemplating or just not already have made up their mind? They're not coming into this into this season. I think they've already said like if they give up, they don't give up. They might give up their entire salary, which is crazy to me. But it don't, I'm, I you don't. I think work, I you don't. You don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, but still, like you gotta. You can't just. 
I don't know. I th- that's a I we've debated that I think several times about yeah, how you don't play, you don't get paid. Is. Plain and simple. You're not gonna pay a guy to sit on the sidelines unless he's hurt. You don't get him for opting out. No, I did I I don't even go down that road. We talked about that last time we're in the whole yeah. financial conversation. I there is no reason if a guy opts out, he opts out completely. He's allowed to pass on that year of his contract and move on to the next, but then it comes into cap situations for teams. So I think there's there's some things they worked out, but you will have to we'll have to dig in a little more into that. Right. So like those players that, that are gonna opt out, you gotta figure that out because then you gotta you're you're we'll know a better understanding of how these divisions are gonna line up once the schedule's out, once the opt out players are out. Because uh, again, as 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 I look at this this schedule net or excuse me, this division now, it is a tough road for the Flyers because just how one they they struggled at the end of the season, especially in the playoffs, and then you stack up. The good thing that went for them is how good they were against their in in division opponents last year. I think they were thirteen five and two, something crazy like that. That was really really impressive. Maybe that was Carter Hart's record alone. The problem was the play, the team that they couldn't beat was the ultimate team that defeated them last year in the playoffs after six, or excuse me, seven games in the New York Islanders. So where the, the, it all comes down to where do the Flyers look in the this final eight teams and just how it looks, I just, I don't, I think they're a fifth, but again, to your point, they're a fifth place team, but they're only separated by maybe one point, two points, three, in, between four and five. I think that's what we're looking at. Look, you had the same thing last year where the idea where you weren't even sure they're going to make the playoffs. And the last year, the goal was they got to win. They got to win. They got to win one playoff round. Okay. So they broke the streak. They won their first playoff series since 2012. You look at this division. Do you count it as two playoff? No. uh, Don't count the round robin as anything. Not count the round robin. No. No, it's just those are exhibition games. They were already in. Yeah, so, they were seeding games. Like that was the crazy part. Yeah. Right, I, anyway, I it's too early to take to really really know. You're you're not going to know until they start to get into play and see how they're played. And because it comes down to two things, it comes down to first of all, is the scoring going to be there? Because they didn't really upgrade too much in the off season. Is defense going to be okay without without Matt Niskanen? And how's the goaltending going to hold up? The age-old question in Philadelphia. Those are the three questions that you have. You answer all those once they drop the puck. There are a lot of other questions going on in the league as well. You're in a league and a a division that you've always been with, Crosby and Malkin. How much can they carry their team? Did Pittsburgh really upgrade at all? How are their their goaltending going to be? Is the Rangers, are they going to stay the same or are they going to get better? Um, if you, my money is they're going to get better. How much improved is Buffalo? On paper, they look really good. How much improved is in Jersey? Jersey's a good young team who probably needs a shortened season to get going fast and get into the playoffs. How much is Washington going to take a step back or forward with Peter Laviolette and also losing Henrik Lundqvist and Braden Holpe? How much, and, and th- those are all the things that you have to ask the questions of, it, there, there's been a lot of changes, especially for me in this division. There's been a lot of changes between the pipes in these teams, which is a bigger concept than people think. Because if you don't have solid goaltending, you're not going anywhere. You could score five goals a game, but if you have goalies giving up six all the time and whatnot, then you're screwed. Um, that's what it comes down to. The, the Penguins had a lot of changes between the pipes. Tristan Jari, they're going with him. 
I think the book's stolen out on him. You lose Lundqvist off one team, you get him in the same team, and he can't play this year. You have two guys who are essentially improving in the, in the Rangers. Simeon Varlamov, we saw good Simeon Varlamov, and we saw really bad Simeon Varlamov in the playoffs last year. Which one are you going to get? You're going to get both. Um, Boston. It, Boston's another one. They lost to recruit one of their top defensemen. How much is their scoring going to take a step back? How, how much different are they going to be? It, it comes down to is while all these teams look good on paper, do the Flyers have the best young roster in this division? 100% they do. And it's just a matter of do they have enough experience and enough enough firepower to really propel themselves in the top four consistently, not be in between four and five and six and then up to three? And Do they have enough to be consistent where you know you can count on this team to get into the playoffs? No, they don't as of yet because there's too many questions unanswered. But this division is going to be so difficult for a lot of these teams that they're going to be asking the same questions because other teams are looking at their team the same way we're looking at the Flyers. Boston's yeah. probably looking at the, do we have enough to get in? We've done it before. Is this team running out of gas, though? Same with Washington. Is this team – are they added opportunities? Are they old, constructed, similarly to what the Eagles are? Do they carry the team a year or a year too late? Buffalo, are they really good enough? Jersey, are they really good enough? Pittsburgh, are, are they okay enough? The Rangers are on the up and up. Can they be consistent? All these teams have the same questions. So don't be scared of the other teams that are in a division. It's just a matter of do the Flyers have enough plugs in their holes, as weird as that sounds. Did they plug in their <laughs> they, they, they plug in their hair holes plugs, enough? Are they trying to get, yeah, yeah they trying to get I don't know. hair growth. They have enough things in there, enough things stuffed in their orifices so, or whatever. <laughs> Wow, you're really say. you're really diving into this. Yeah, trying to did, did, did they did they improve enough over last year? Uh, if you ask me offensively, no. If you ask me defensively, no. But did they need to? That's the question. It, it, it depends on how all these teams are. I think every I think it, it's always a you always want to improve year year in and year out. You don't want to just stay stagnant. And I think the problem could be that the Flyers are for the most part pretty stagnant overall in terms of goal scoring. In terms of uh, you hope that you get development out of out of Carter Hart's career as he enters his you will. now technically third year uh, third full year uh or whatever it is because he came in it's the middle third of this season it's his yeah third season. so it's his third yeah. season like it, it, you you project that he continues to develop in, in his third year and i'm mm-hmm. just with you mm-hmm. like he, i expect that yeah. um but at the same time it's like are they in the toughest division out of this i i, I go i look at this and i say it's either the east or the central? I think the fact that the no, central all of a sudden, you don't think Sorry. it is? No, Detroit's weak. Detroit's very, very yeah. weak. I just um, find it fascinating that after last season where it was the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars fighting it out for the Stanley Cup final, now they're in the same division for this upcoming season. They're yeah. about to play each other eight times. Well, Carolina Carolina is the interesting one to watch here because Carolina is going to be – I'll tell you what. They're going to match up against like the Blackhawks really well and the Stars. Those are going to be really mm-hmm. good games to watch because Carolina is on the up and up. I'm kind of glad they're not in the East um, because right now, look, if I'm looking at it as, as a whole, 30,000-foot view again, Boston and the, and the Islanders are the class of the East so far. So the Flyers would be either – are they better than those two? No. But are they better than the other other four teams in the division behind them? Yes, I think they are. The Central. The Central, the class of it, I mean, if Tampa and Dallas is going to be fun to watch again. But I don't – I think Dallas caught fire last year. I don't think Dallas is going to be as good as they were last year. Dallas kind of caught fire with that last year. So Dallas mm-hmm. – 
is more along like a like the four, like the middle. Columbus, they're another intriguing one. Look what John Tortorella did with that roster last year. It, it, are they built to play teams like the Blackhawks, the the, the Panthers, the Predators? Are they are, and and the Stars consistently? I don't know. They have a good young team that can battle. I don't know if they're built to that. I don't think I don't think Columbus is a playoff team this year. The Blackhawks, I think they are getting better enough where they could be a black a team a playoff team. Them and Carolina are going to be fun to watch. Detroit, they're still in a rebuild. They're god awful. I can't believe they still didn't get the first overall pick. Ridiculous by UNHL. I'm still going <laughs> to complain about that. Um, the Panthers. Look, they have a flashy coach and and uh, what's it called? A flashy coach and Joel Quenville and a decent roster, and they have Bob between the pipes who hasn't met expectations is going down Briz's road. Um, so I, I don't know if if the Panthers make any damage. The Predators are going to be good and they're going to be fun to watch when they play Tampa because they're going to be playing very fast hockey. And Tampa, I mean, the class of the division only because of the Stanley Cup champions. But if you if you ask me, Tampa reminds me of that. Of, of the way the Red Wings were in the late 90s. When they finally got that cup, they finally became that perennial, just they're, they're there all the time. They're gonna they're hard to beat. Tampa's at that level now because they finally mm. got over the hump and won it. They're, they're, they're going to be at the top there for a long time. The West, if you ask me, is the weakest division. I mean, the Sharks, yes. the Ducks, the Kings, they weren't even in the play-in round last year. Right? The right. Wild were a, a weak team there. The Avalanche, the Blues, and the Golden Knights, that's their division, and the Coyotes. There's nobody else who's going to be taking that. The Sharks could be looking at some sort of rebuild here. Um, but the Coyotes, they caught fire, I want to say. They're a solid team, but they're not a class of the NHL. So the Avs are a really good team. The Blues are a really good team. The Gold Knights are going to team. That fourth spot is going to be a mashup between the rest of those teams just trying to figure out who's not the worst of them all. So that, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's be, the way I look at it. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like the NFC East of the NFL this year. They really like are. That's a that great fourth, analogy. Like yeah. whoever's the fourth seed in the Western Conference, they're the NFC East yep. uh, division winner. That That's how yep. you should look at it. And then just the fact that – and this is the last point before we wrap, I think like just the fact that we're getting an all Canadian division, it's going to be fascinating. Like if you don't have, and I'm sure they'll have it, uh, NHL.TV, the internet subscription for the out of market stuff. Everyone just get a look, get that alone for the, the North division between all the Canadian teams. Yeah. Like it is it, but outside of Ottawa, Every one of the, and Vancouver, I don't think is that good either. Like outside of that, Calgary is only up and up. They are, but I'm still like compared to the rest of the division, they're they're down there with Ottawa. In I my don't opinion. know. Like, I think they're more up there with Calgary. To be honest with you, really? I mean, I yeah, Calgary. Well, I think Calgary's they're they're they're, spoil- they're they're middle. They're middle of the pack. They're both See, middle without, of the pack there. Without spoiling it, I almost have. I I'm going between Calgary and Edmonton when that when when that division. Oh, that's where I, that's where I'm, I keep going back and forth. I'll have my full breakdown. We'll have our full breakdowns on division winners uh, coming up. You know in, what in I want to see? I, I, I want to see this so bad. And this is, this is awful for me to say as a hockey fan, but I want to mm-hmm. see it. I hope Toronto doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think that Toronto every, and Ottawa, anyone maybe. outside of Toronto is, oh. is, is hoping for that. I don't think you're alone in that. So overrated. I mean, think about it. Is Toronto really going to be able to, to go up against a Montreal, Calgary? I mean, can you imagine 
Toronto and their crappy defense having to play Connor McDavid ten times? Are you freaking oh, kidding me? I hope, you, they, how, I hope they. I hope whoever's <laughs> making the schedule over at the NHL. I hope they specifically look at this and go, "Oh yeah, we need Edmonton and the Tampa, oh. Toronto Blues to play each other ten times. Oh, They're not only playing nine; they're playing ten. Dude, just to I, figure out what happens. I'm telling you that that is going to be it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. It, Absolutely I, awful. That, Toronto has not really gotten any better. They're overpaid. They're bloated. And you know what? It it, it goes this. And I'm I I don't care that I'm saying this on the air. I don't care. I am so sick and tired of this analytics crap that I want the face of it, Kyle Dubas, to really just go away. <laughs> like, dude, like. I don't know what you're doing over there in Toronto, but you have so much talent. There's absolutely no excuse that you have not won a playoff round. It's in your term there. Absolute dog shit. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. It is awful. He is – I don't believe in analytics. I believe in certain aspects of it in a sense of there's some goaltending ones I've watched. I'm like, okay, I could see that. But to construct your whole team and to decimate your salary cap when you have a glutton of talent and can't get out of the first round, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> get him out of here. Get a real general manager in there, and then I'll be happy to see Toronto win something. I don't want to see Kyle Dubas's name on the Stanley Cup because of the way, if that happens, it'll just be, oh, everybody's going to go out of analytics. And the next thing you know, you're going to have everybody running around like the Phillies and saying, oh, we're going to do it this way and that way. <laughs> and we don't need JT Real Muto or whatever the hell his name is. So that 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 that's my point is that that's where it's going to head if that happens. So I want Toronto just to be completely on the outside looking in. And that's horrible for me to say as a hockey fan because there's a lot of talent there. And you want to see guys like Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. Morgan Eat Riley, flyers. Flyers uh, all the, black. yeah, all, all the, yeah, obviously Marge Blythe, great, but you want to see those guys succeed, but they're just not going to do it with the leadership there. So I, yeah. it, it just beyond, no, I, it's beyond me. I, I a hundred percent agree. Like just the fact that the, the division that the Toronto Maple Leafs have to get, and I saw, I forget who it was. It wasn't, it wasn't anyone big in terms of beat reporters or cover national, uh, pundits that cover the NHL, someone that was going through the divisions by divisions the night that we found out that they agreed to a deal and the reports were coming out, they completely unintentionally, allegedly, forgot to write out Toronto. Oh, yeah. I, I think they put they put either uh, Winnipeg or Vancouver twice by accident and completely ignored Toronto, which c- sputtered this whole conspiracy that they were going to be left out of the NHL for this upcoming season, which would have been quite hilarious like come on would've that would have been would have been so Look, I, uh, I i i get it like i will say it this way i to me uh, you, you know like philadelphia will understand this uh you know how we all hate dallas fans and we mm-hmm. all hate the dallas cowboys okay yeah uh we hate everything they stand for because they're just they're they're not good that's the Toronto Maple Leafs for me. I don't know why. It's not Pittsburgh <laughs> for me. It's Toronto Maple Leafs. There ain't no fan like a Toronto Maple Leaf fan to me. They're like Dallas Cowboy fans. So, yeah, that's exactly the way I look at it. <laughs> On that note, I think that's where we wrap. I think we'll skip. I think, listen, this has been a, this is our final episode of 2020. It's, jeez. It's one of the things I, mean, I reflect looking, like, I look at back at what we've done in 2020, starting in January when we were the Flyers were just getting off that terrible West Coast trip, and we were like, "What's going to happen with this team?" 
to the stoppage just two months later, to us doing a bracket of Seinfeld verse Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, we did that. We <laughs> did that. We got to find content somehow. <laughs> like, this has been one of the most absurd years in my lifetime. In my, I'm, I'll be, I won't be 30 yet the next by the time we do our next episode. Good but God. I'm almost 30. I know. Good making Lord. you feel old. You uh, yeah, you are. Man. Yeah, seriously are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This coming year, I'll be already well past halfway th- halfway through my 30s. No, you're fine. It's, it's better than dead, right? Hey, woke up breathing this morning. That's all you can do, right? Yeah. So this has been a one hell of a year. We thank you for supporting this podcast. We have big things planned for the 2021 season and beyond. We cannot do this without your support. Give us a follow if you have not already. Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also on, um, well, on, uh, send us an email if you want to, to uh, read on the air. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Uh, this is like, I, I, I'm so, they could have made an agreement that it's only going to be a 15 game season and I would have been, yes, let's do it. Let's go. The fact that we're getting 56 games, well more than 50% of, of of a normal 82 game schedule. And I'm sure that's for financial reasons with TVs and all that stuff, but whatever. I, I, I cannot, I cannot wait for January 13th. Who I don't, my, I'm guessing that we're going to be facing the penguins. Cause I think they're going to try and keep it as local as possible for the first couple weeks. You're going to be playing a lot of New York, a lot of Pittsburgh, a lot of Washington, and then you'll go up to the Boston's and all that stuff. So this has been a hell of a year. We thank you so much for listening. We'll probably be back. I guess we'll be back the, the first day of training camp. That's a Sunday, uh, yeah. January 3rd. So we'll try and re- get an episode out on that that following day on January 4th with our full season preview. Hopefully we'll have a schedule by then. That's the plan. Uh, again, Orange and Backcheck, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Orange and Backcheck, backcheck at gmail.com. We thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in 2021. Happy holidays! Hacky's back!